Hello there again. I hope you're enjoying this season. And I hope you reviewed us. I hope you enjoy it. I love you listeners. They're the things that make the, they're the things that make all these podcasts happen. Okay. Chapter twelve. There are two things you must teach a hyena if it comes to live with you in your suburban home. How to speak human and how to walk on its hind legs. Otherwise you will have all sorts of trouble with the neighbours. The bob set to work the very next day. Walking lessons for Tony in the morning. Talking lessons after lunch. We're saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I thought hyenas are very clever animals, and Tony was clinging to alone. That saying seemed to be true. Unfortunately, especially if the dog, or should I say hyena, has arthritis. There was a lot of huffing and puffing, and the poor Tony kept falling over backwards, knocking into things and making a terrible racket. But despite all the noise and commotion, as they were hyenas, they all had a good laugh about it. And then Bobby had an idea. Why don't you use a walking stick to keep your balance? He suggested, wiping tears of laughter from his old eye. From his eye, old people often have sticks to help them walk and keep upright. Good thinking, Bobby, said Mr. Bob. There was an old stick in the garden shed. Go and get it. We'll see if it helps much. But it didn't help much. Tony attempted tottering up and down the hall with the stick, but he was still very unsteady. The problem was that every three steps, he took his back legs. He took on his back legs, and he did six on all fours. There was no way he could ever pass his human behaviour. These things take time, said Mrs. Bob patiently. But Tony seemed to be getting rather upset and wasn't laughing much anymore. Next, the bolds dressed him up in a pair of tracksuit bottoms, a t-shirt, some slippers, and an old cloth cap. He looked just like a rather hairy old man. Daddy and Bobby roared with laughter when they saw him. Oh, an inch itchy was Tony's verdict. Talking... Human was proving even more difficult than walking on two legs for Tony, and the afternoon's lessons were worse than the morning's. Poor Tony's heart just wasn't in it. He couldn't see the point. Can't I just pretend I'm Forge? And he sighed. Just learn the basics, Tony, pleaded Mr. Bold. Like, hello, goodbye, my name is Tony. And you need to learn our address in case you get lost. Hyenas don't get lost, Gorf Tony. We just sniff the air and smell our way back to where we came from. Or have you forgotten how to do that? Supposing you had a cold, asked Bobby. Then what? Well, if I have a cold, I won't be going out in the first place, will I? Replied Tony. You don't want to be cooped up in the house forever, said Mrs. Bob. There's a big wide world out there. Sooner or later, you will want to go and investigate it. We want you to be free. There's Bushy Park, the library, the supermarket. Who knows, you might even want to go to London. Where? Mrs. Bold sighed. Maybe not. Let's face it. 
said Tony, shaking his head. I'm never going to be able to walk or talk like humans. I'm an old hyena, and that's that. Perhaps you should have left me in the safari park to die. Then he went on all fours up to his room and stayed there. Poor Tony, said Mrs. Bond. He's so unhappy. I feel terrible for him. And I haven't heard him laugh all afternoon. Patience, dear, said Mrs. Bond. It's still, uh, it's still early days. We mustn't expect too much too soon. Miranda the monkey, on the other hand, settled in very quickly. Her initial shyness soon went, and she delighted in scampering up the curtains, swinging from the light fittings, landing on the twins' head when they least expecting it, making them shriek with laughter. She could walk on her two back legs easily, and in her squeaky high-pitched voice was soon speaking semi-human, enough to be understood, getting better every day. And she was cheeky. She once filled her cheeks with water from the toilet, then opened the window and squirted it all over Mr. McNumpty as he was walking down the path. Mr. McNumpty, who assumed he'd been fired at with a water pistol, shook his fists at the bolt house and called out, Pest! Pest! Betty and Minnie took to dressing Miranda up in their dog clothes and pushing her up and down the garden path in a girl's pram. One day, Bobby was watching them when he suddenly shouted, That's it! That's the answer! What are you talking... What, what are you jumping up and down about? asked Minnie. The pram, don't you see? Bring it indoors, I'll show you. Where's Tony? Poor Tony had given up on learning things after a lesson on how to use the toilet had ended with a disastrous result. He now spent most of his days curled up asleep on the kitchen floor. Because he couldn't leave the house, he was bored and miserable, and there seemed to be nothing more they could do to help him. Tony, said Bobby gently, wake up. I've had an idea. Yes, yawned Tony. An idea? Uh, take me back to the safari park and let me... And let them put me to sleep. No, silly, said Bobby. Would never do that. An idea to help you walk. Come and try. By propping his front paws on the handlebars, Tony suddenly found he could walk along easily on his hind legs, pushing the pram in front of him as he went. I say, said Tony triumphantly, I can do it. I can walk out like at, at last. Faster, faster, squeaked Miranda who was still lying in the pram wearing a white lace gown with a matching bonnet. I'll put my tracksuit on and we can go in the garden, said Tony excitedly. Within minutes, he was expertly wheeling the little monkey in the pram up and down the garden path. He looks so happy at last, said Mrs. Bob, watching from the piano. Bravo, Tony. A few days later, Tony felt confident enough to take... Miranda in the pram for a promenade along Fairfield Road, with the twins walking either side of him just in case there was any unsteadiness. Tony was a bit alarmed by the cars and bicycles, for he had seen many cars pass by the boat in the safari park, and he had, be, he had to be taught how to cross the road safely. These black and white stripes are called a zebra crossing, explained Betty. Zebra? What zebra? said Tony. 
I can't smell Zebra. Don't have any intending to do you. No, not real Zebra, silly, said Betty. It's a place for people to cross the road, that's all. Look left, right, then left again, instructed Bob. And if there's nothing com coming, cross over quickly. See you? I see, said Tony, once they were safely across. It's easy when you know how. The next day, Tony decided he'd like to take the pram out on his own. Are you sure you're ready, Tony? asked the worried Mrs. Bold. Will you be safe? What if someone speaks to you? I've got Miranda with me. She'll answer for me. So off they went. They made an odd-looking couple. It's true. Miranda wrapped in a pink gingham onesie and, and hood under a woolly blanket. And poor whiskery Tony stopped over the, stooped over the pram and hanging on for dear life, dressed in his saggy green tracksuit and a cloth cap. But they managed a successful half an hour stroll all by themselves. Each day after that, they went a little further, sometimes to a park where Miranda would have a play on the swings, and where, t and where Tony bought himself an ice cream by pointing and nodding. At last, the elderly hyena felt he was independent, able to leave the house and get some fresh air, and he was beginning to enjoy his new life. The rescue mission had been a success, and the Bolt's household was happy and full of laughter once more. Mr. Bolt loved having someone from the old country to chat to. Mrs. Bolt loved having someone around to watch his children so then she could spend more time selling her hats. And the children loved having Tony around to tell them stories play game and teach them the hyena war cry. Thanks for listening. The last one is quite long. This one's only 10 minutes long. The last one was about 20 minutes. But I hope you're enjoying this. I'm really enjoying it. It's a quite funny and nice book. Thanks for listening. See you